104.4 FM. I'm Ed Hopwood. Um, you're listening to Isotopica. I'm here with uh, Simon Tishko, your regular host. And here's a little tune. All over this country, from shore to shining shore. People ain't satisfied with what they got Always want a little more Gotta get a little more Gotta get a little more No matter what, they're never satisfied Always wanting more There's a good old doctor Trying to make another cure There's never enough people to get him sick He could always find a few more Look at the honest lawyer Trying to prove what he's for There's never enough trouble in the world He could always find some more Gotta get a little more Gotta get a little more No matter what, you're never satisfied Always wanting more There's a lover with stars in his eyes He loves his sweetie, I'm sure But it seems the one wife's never enough He could always find a few more Look at the poor old drunkard Stumbling in at the door He can never take a warm drink with his friends Without a one a few more Look at the politician Making all the people sore Even though we keep getting rid of them They keep just finding more Why is that? I don't know Gotta get a little more Gotta get a little more No matter what, never satisfied Always wanting more No matter what kind of thing you got They'll turn it into a ball They use it all up till it all run dry then they want a little more Gotta get a little more Gotta get a little more No matter what, they're never satisfied Always wanting more Well it seems that all these gravity folks Are one thing to ignore Oh, I love the thing that's in short supply I can always use a little more Okay, I've got this. This came from a newspaper. It's on that beautiful yellowy paper. And it came from Mute Digital Art uh, Critique and very academic 
avant-garde digital paper. And that was years ago, that was in the 1960s. You can see it's all nicely ripped. And it's actually me in the picture looking like a young girl when I was 15 or something. But already look how salty. I think the drugs are just kicked in. So I'd like to mount this really nice ripped up bit from the back of a newspaper. What do you suggest? And frame it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have anything in mind? Well, black, black there looks okay. good. So if you put it on black base and float it, you could have a black mount like that without, it's a rag mount, so it doesn't have a white edge. Okay, so yeah. You, or you could have it the other way and have a white edge. I don't think a white edge at all. I no, think black and black and black. Yeah, don't you? Yeah, it looks better. Because you really see it really looks like, the, the paper was already pink paper when it was yeah. printed and it's aged and yellowed really nicely. Yeah, it looks great. So if we do something like that, and then what size frame were you thinking of? Well, not too small, something that's going to really present it nicely. I mean, that's, it's your advice, really. Okay, so I'll, just, I'll show you this first of all. That's just this this is like going to the optician with all the bits. This is fun. <laughs> um, I'll get your selection and you have a look. Do you want gold in it or do you want just a black frame? Um, gold might be nice because it would kind of set off the aged paper thing. Perhaps, but it doesn't look too silly. And where is it going? On the wall. On the wall? Yeah, basically it was pinned to someone's fridge for years with a fridge magnet and it that's needs looking after because it's the only copy of this particular so piece of work. That's a handmade frame though, with gold leaf. So. I don't think so, do you? No, it's, it's well, a beautiful frame, it's £100 a metre. <laughs> okay, so then that's a sort of imitation of that look. Um, Bigger than that. Looks reasonable size. Something like that. Do you want to go um, classic or do you want to be more contemporary? Um, in your look. Well, classic's terribly ironic with it, isn't it? And kind of jolly. Um, we've got an Edwardian and feel going on there. But and also, it's going to be made to your specifications, so it's going to be longer. Yes. So it doesn't, it won't look like a classical frame in the end. No, because it's, it's long. Be then that might look really absurd and wonderful, don't you think? Yeah, it could do. Or do you think? With the black mountain, it looks very nice. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean. Uh, and the gold does set off the aged paper rather nicely. It just gives it a little bit extra. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah, have just a black frame. Black plain, it's too plain, it's too boring. It's you've like, already gone for plain, you know, yeah, you like to make it exactly. Very Let's camp up on the actual frame. Yeah, does that. Can we call it Rococo? Rococo. There's a place opening up the door called Rococo. Hmm? There's something called Rococo opening there. Oh, the thing that used to be lions. There's a gilt frame. Gilt I think that's too Rococo. <laughs> too Rococo, but nice. Uh, what else? You could have a kind of wood look. Stainless wood look. I think that, this one here is really nice. With you like the, that? That is lovely. Do you want me to price it up? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how how much mount and edge do you want around it? About like that, about six centimeters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So images about thirty. So if we do one centimeter all around the image, 
140. Is that a framed piece of wallpaper over there? No, it's a rug. A handmade rug. Which one? Oh, that, that one, the Japanese. Yeah, yeah, that's framed wallpaper. Okay. Yeah, the handmade, hand-printed. Oh, nice. Yeah, beautiful. Yes. There's some more around the corner. Okay. Of Look, what's date today? I can't remember. Right. 2012. Some date. In time. 26 maybe? 27th, 28th? Yeah, Somewhere around that. <laughs> 12. Right. Take about three weeks. Okay, well there's obviously no rush. <laughs> I'm not even sure there's really a budget for it. It's, it won't be over expensive. Okay. Which is the frame. It's alright. So 55, 55 centimetres all around. Mm-hmm. What I'll do is just not feed the cats for a couple of weeks or something. They won't mind. It's all in the name of art. <coughs> they get more affectionate if I don't feed them. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> they're clawing me. Yeah, they're clawing me and giving me the attention that I so don't desperately need. Don't fall asleep need. too long. <laughs> yeah. That's the point. They could nibble bits. <laughs> yeah. I might find you tasty. Right. 155, 110. So it's 1.3 metres in total, the length mm -hmm. of the frame. This is very formal. This is really nice. <laughs> Except I can't remember the day it is. 15, so it's 15 pounds a metre. So it's not too bad. No. Do you want just regular glass? Um, what different glass do you have, madam? Non-reflective, uh, conservation, museum. Ooh. And all of those combined. No. The museum's got all of it combined, but it's £400 a metre squared. Okay, so that would cost me about 100 quid for Let's that. Let's take the phone. Mm. I'm the only one here. Oh, okay. Voice recorded one. Right, black rag. And if you could price up for some something that does keep the ultraviolet off it, maybe, and, and we'll make it last a little bit, would be a good idea. Actually, that's a good idea because it won't cost much to do this. No. It's so small. Well, it's a, it's a big price change, but okay. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll see. Let's it. let's do comparatively. Get a little bit of discount for being a friend. I had a friend once. <laughs> Were they nice to you? Sold them out to the police. <laughs> so, oh, that's what that's what most criminals do, right? So, um, <clears throat> right. So, you want you would like to try the non-reflective? No, the conservation is the one we want. I think so. Yeah. Conservation. There might be a small bit around the back. Yeah. It? Um, I'm happy for the scraps and changing the size to fit the scraps even. If it doesn't compromise the artistic vision too much. That's £7.70. So it's not too bad. Mm. Conservation. Just 
to save this clipping for future generations of Tishko's work, I think we can all agree it's worth the extra £3.50. <laughs> Go the extra mile. Whoa! <laughs> Kilometres, we're very continental here. <laughs> Kilometres. Right, uh, black rag. So four, four, two. Sixteen, sixteen. It's hand sort of done, so you don't get the, it's not just the top layer. It's dyed all the way through. <laughs> just for you. One point three times. Nineteen fifty for the frame. Okay. Wow. Right, it comes to a total of sixty-two pounds sixty. <laughs> the cats will die. Yeah, well, I can always get more cats. <laughs> Do you accept sexual favours in exchange? <laughs> So listen, well I could give you temp uh, I could make it forty pounds for you. Great. Okay. That's good. That's worth it. Simon Tisco, my friend. T Y S Z. You missed the Z. T Y S Z K O. Oh. And telephone number, please. 07956. 07956. 459. 459. 771. 771. Alright. How exciting. Do you want to leave it here then? Oh, yeah. Okay, and what about these torn bits? Do you want them to be jet delicately um, glued, not glued, but taped behind so that they stay? Tape's going to age. Very, very fine. It's like skin. Okay, yeah, as you suggest. Tape. I mean, I was thinking. Or you can have it ripped. It's up to you. Maybe ripped. Maybe even nicer in a frame and ripped. Well, it won't be. One of the things I was way. considering was was actually mounting it, um, doing it conservation onto stretch canvas. No, sorry. Conservation on stretch canvas. Yeah, it's something. That's what they do with old film posters. Yeah, but you. This is too delicate. Okay. So that, that is if it was flat. I thought that's what it's for, was for delicate things, because you actually wallpaper paste them on. But it's something I'm experimenting yeah, but that, with. But that is not, that's a fixed thing. Yeah, it's fixed onto there, then you can roll it up in the future. It's a way of conserving posters. Does it conserve them? Uh, it conserves posters, but this is a tiny clipping. You would actually damage Okay, no, I wasn't even... So, uh, so, uh, mm. so what I was thinking, like, that's with a glass on it, so that's what it would look like flat if we taped it. Yeah. But if, it, if you've got this, it's not going to touch it, it's going to be more... That's so much better with it ripped. A bit ripped? Yep. Okay, then. Do you know, my punk past um, hasn't quite ripped. left me. <laughs> leave ripped. The aesthetics of the 70s. <laughs> You can take the boy out of the 1970s, but the aesthetics <laughs> remain. <laughs> All right, so, okay, sir, so your job is done. My job is done, love. <laughs> my work here is done. Yeah, my work here is done. I think that looked nice. Heidi, that's lovely. Thank you very much. You're welcome.
edit the good bits. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay, now I've organised my really good discount. Perhaps you can actually show me what you do in the back of the shop here. Yeah, kind of the world of the framer. <laughs> now this is my workshop. It's just me in here. All day long. With this groovy music? Yeah, I Is don't that know Frank what? singing? <laughs> it's definitely not resonant. <laughs> no. So you've got a medley of Frank Sinatra songs to help you in the world of framing. <laughs> and then downstairs is where the frames get cut. Mm -hmm. So I cut glass and board here, around in this little glass room. So I've got the cut the glass on here. Oh my god. And the board on here. Yeah. It's all measured out so you get it completely to a millimetre. Yeah. Can I, can I just say that in all the years I've had diamond cutters, wheel cutters, expensive cutters, cheap cutters, I've followed instructions, I've been taught, I've watched YouTube videos, I've had someone sitting over my shoulder, I've had a whole pile of old greenhouse glass and I have practiced and practiced and practiced and not once in 20 years have I managed to cut a piece of glass oh, without breaking it. Alright, I'll show you how to do it then. You can do it. I've been shown. No, no but Just I'll get you to do it. Here. Oh my god. Okay, well, you've got a machine though, that's different. Yeah, but that's what you do. I show, I show it by hand as well. Okay, I just changed the blade. Okay, you just score it gently. <laughs> well, I wasn't quite meant to do that, but... Yeah, is it, is it supposed to cut your wrist like that? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a real serious danger of the job. Of course it is. No, is every it? day I have to worry about that. Yeah. I'd hate to do it by accident. How many years have you been doing it? <laughs> Six years, seven years. That's a lot of worry out of that. Yeah, it's the main stress of the job. Right. So um, just in testing that piece of glass, that's... Um, was near death. <laughs> No, so you, normally it just does it like that. It's beautiful. So it's perfect, but if you want to score it by hand. Tried so that. if you try and do okay. circles, I can Let's do circles. Watch. You hold the recorder, and I'm going to do. I was going to use that little piece no, there use that a you did. Bit. Well, I just wanted to do the score thing. And just score it. Can I have a little bit? You hold the hold the thing. Let's do it on the bench, and then we won't okay. get hurt. <laughs> it's so dangerous. So I've got to go the whole length of this? Yeah. Which way round do I hold this? You hold it at an angle 45 or 30. From that way down. From that yeah, that's your little cutter. Oh, there's the cutter wheel there. So I'm going to go all the way the length very quickly. When you get that nice sound, mm, then you've done it. I just went all the but way you didn't. There. You only did it at the bottom. Right, try it. God, you're making it look like cutting toffee. <laughs> it is. You did it. I got the nice sound. Oh, oh, that's the it. first one, Heidi, in all of these years. You need a professional trainer. <sighs> <laughs> okay, now I'm going to cut the shape of a star. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> ambitious. <laughs> oh my god, okay, this is it because it's picture it. glass and it's much easier to cut? Then mirror. Um, yeah, mirror's like five millimetres, so that's only uh, two millimetres, three, okay. millim three millimetres. Is that, is that your custard tart lunch? No, that was a customer. He he dropped by Roger, who's one of our favourites, mm. and he always drops us off. Um, that's treat. for Catherine. I've eaten mine. <laughs> okay, yeah. good, quite right. <laughs> okay, so I've now cut glass today. I feel I can go home to bed. Yeah, that's it. I've achieved. <laughs> Every day needs to achieve. So this is. So I've got the compressor there. Yeah. So like See, fire up like all the staples. Can we hear that? I'll do one into the bench. 
That's the sort of uh, thing they use. They they use in American movies to to kill people with. Um, no. Kill people. Well, to get information. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't work. It would work. Yeah. <laughs> I've once done it into my finger. Yeah, I've done that too. Actually, tested tested a staple gun. I've only staples in it and found. I actually watched myself testing it on my hand, sort of trying to stop myself. Ouch! And I actually put a staple in my hand. Ow! The whole way through? Well, not all the way through, but it stuck the staple in. Ow. Yeah, that was... Okay, more staples. I dropped a frame on my foot, yes, last week. Okay, now sound of your <laughs> staple gun. What do you want me to do now? Just You've staple just the edge, going over it some more. That's into the bench. And a bit more. That's good. <laughs> Another one for the listeners. Oh. And then if you if you take it apart, the, yeah. the compressor. That is a very satisfying, that's a very satisfying loud. noise, yeah. <laughs> This is good. What else can I show you? Uh, I can show you some green tea from a flask. Um, what else? No. <laughs> well, that's, I think we've seen Bubble framing. Wrap. <laughs> Bubble wrap's good. Can we pop some? Yeah. And this is professional bubble wrap, obviously. Yeah, it doesn't pop quite as loud, does it? Yeah, no, you've got a more subtle than the cheap one that one. regular people use where you get quite do a lot of Do you want to see the mortar downstairs or have yep. enough? Yeah. Do you like my sofa? It's that's, very that's nice. That's for really tough, tough days. Tough days. And it never gets sick on it. Spiral staircase. Very, into the base. Very, very practical. <laughs> yeah, for a frame that I can see. And so there's the mount machine, the joiner, I don't know what it's called. What is it called? Morsel. No, that's a morsel. A French one. Um, joins the corners with staples. You have to change the size of the staples. I do like toys like this. Nice machines, professional oh machines. They're lovely. All the different colours. Mm -hmm. I don't do. I don't work down here. Mm. I only work upstairs. Is that a foot switch? Yeah. You have to. Put to your leg cut right it. up. Yeah, because you've got the morsel to cut at an angle, mm. so that you can join it. Does it make a good noise? make a very good noise. Why don't you try it? It's not that difficult. But if you're cutting through thick wood, it's quite difficult. And those are very sharp blades. Wow, impressive. Very, very sharp. Yeah, you really could make people talk one. here, couldn't you? <laughs> you could have a whole <laughs> sort of mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, guillotine. That's guillotine. Yeah. You could, you could... Um, is this well, not used? Is this not used anymore? And then lock them in the cupboard stand outside. No, you probably could have it if you wanted. Mm. There's lots of black mount card if you want that. No, an old computer I would like. Well, I'm sure. The thing ask. is, I, I'll ask. I'm turning. Fitting a bike anyway. Yeah, I'm turning them into things as ever. Network storage servers. It's the future of old computers. Do you think? It certainly is isn't one of mine. Is well, thank you. That's really nice. I've feel privileged to see the backstage world of a framer <laughs> and with the magical power of uh, a hand digital recorder <laughs> and the privilege of a radio show I've managed to get a really good discount too <laughs> <laughs> we thank you all you're welcome I created reptiles <laughs> Fuck you off! Spin your fucking window!
murder in the uh, evening. Uh, they start shooting when we... Excuse me, how far away are they? Uh, there are two houses from here. In the night, they are coming here. In the night, they are coming here so, so close that it's a very uh, adverse fighting. Right now, I believe that the PLOs are pressed. We also maintain uh, the expulsion of the PLO terrorists started today. Terrorist, terrorist, terrorism. The of a bilateral agreement. Mission can be expected to continue. Report a general. Regional and international terrorism. Once all the PLO terrorists, terrorism. <laughs> Anyway, so tell me about um, the open house in Portugal, and what's it called in Portuguese? Casa Aberta, Lisboa which means Open House Lisbon, yeah. So we're doing it the first weekend of October, um, and uh, we've got a great list. I started the list rolling um, with a place called the Champalamo Centre for the Unknown, and it's got big letters outside it in English saying Champalamo Centre for the Unknown, not whatever it would be in Portuguese. That's beautiful, the unknown, what does that refer to? What it is, it's, is it's a biomedical research centre, oh. um, so, um, <laughs> and rehabilitation, it's sort of like a huge mega Maggie's centre, because there's rehabilitation facilities for cancer sufferers, right. but at the same time, it is a state-of-the-art um, scientific research centre, and they've got things like nuclear magnetic resonance um, scanners, and uh, it means that they've got, you know, nuclear isotopes on the premises, and they're doing experiments with animals, although not primates. The animals that they're doing experiments on, they seem to be mainly flies and that kind of thing. Um, so there's lots and lots of stuff there, and that's why it's called the Centre for the Unknown, the Champalmo Centre for the Unknown, because they don't know where the research is going to go. Um, oh, I see. I was thinking in terms of people that were on them. Yeah. No. 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 Anyway, it's a beautiful. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. 
Anyway, I won't go into too much detail, but it's a beautiful, fantastic building designed by India's leading architect, Charles Career, um, who I met in Mumbai about uh, two years ago now, and I interviewed him, and he was telling me about the Champalamo Center. So then I found myself writing a piece about it. And that's when the guys in Lisbon took me for a beer and said, oh, have you got any good ideas? And I just thought off the top of my head, I said, look, the number one issue that you've got to tackle um, is this disconnect between, on the one hand, the general public, and on the other hand, the architectural community. Mm. You know, the architects, um, uh, the public think that um, uh, um, architects are arrogant, they live in ivory towers, um, they're manipulative, they're entirely divorced from reality. Um, and, you know, there's a certain amount of truth in that. Um, and the architects think that the public are little pawns to be moved around on, on, on a board. You know, the worst example of that was Le Corbusier. Um, uh, you know, for him, a um, house was a machine for living. We were all cogs in, in machines. And I, always, I always thought there's, there's, there's a, ter a tremendous humanism in that, though. Is that from yeah, the, yeah. a mistake? Or? No, the, the, uh, I mean, Le Corbusier is pa paradoxical, you know. On the one hand, as I always maintain, he invented the sinker state. Um, uh, you know, his idea of social housing in, in um, prefabricated blocks with lots of space for uh, air and light. And what do we get? We get the council estate. But isn't, isn't that more to do with the way they were built and financed, the way that vision... Uh, I mean, I'm thinking in terms of Chandigarh here. Yeah, very, very much so. Well, as I say, um, uh, you know, the, the, there's this big paradox about uh, Le Corbusier because... Um, um, at the same time that he did all this cold, soulless stuff um, where uh, people were just tiny little elements um, uh, to be moved around in, um, he could also design these just stunningly beautiful buildings. Usually houses, not always, you know, the chapel at Ronchamp springs to mind, mm. um, uh, with elements of surrealism, you know, stuff he'd put on the roofs of um, uh, some of his buildings, or the way he'd cut windows into Ronchamp. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen Chandigarh, but, I, you know, I know there'd be it's very much wonderful stuff there. very much loved by the people that live there. there. I mean, they utterly adore it. They're so proud of their city. Mm. It's uh, a very, very strange place to visit. Yeah. Extraordinary. So I hear, and I also hear that the people who really um, have a very big love for Le Corbusier are the people who have been taking care of it and finding chairs that he designed and flogging them off on the market. So there's been controversy about that. And, um, yeah, yeah, huge black market in Le Corbusier chairs from uh, Chandigarh. But that was some years ago. Okay, well, I've actually diverted you fully from Lisbon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I said, look, you know, you've got to address this um, uh, disconnect uh, between the public and the architectural community. So they said, oh, yes, okay, oh, how do we do that? So I said, well, why don't you do what we do in London? We've been doing it for 20 years, um, and it's called Open House, you know, one weekend of the year. It's September in London, um, and properties all over the city of architectural interest are open to the public. So they said, oh, that sounds like a, a, a good idea. So um, then I went back to London and did my article about Charles Career's fantastic Champalamo Centre. Mm -hmm. um, and a few months later, um, I get an email from Lisbon saying, we love your idea. It has been approved by the um, Lisbon Architectural Triennale, which is the umbrella organisation that um, uh, I was dealing with. 
and happily still am dealing with. Um, and they said we'd like you to um, advise us and help curate the first one. So I said, great. When's that? 2013? Because um, that's when the next Triennale is. Triennale yeah, yeah. every three years. Um, uh, but we, we thought it's actually better to do it in 2012. It's got to be an annual thing, obviously, open house. Um, uh, because, um, you know, why, why hang around? But also then, one's, had, um, uh, one's gained a lot of experience. So when the second edition of Casa Aberta Lisboa, happens in 2013 we've already got a lot of experience and um, you know know what works and, and know what not what to do and so on and so forth so would you say so that's all happening would you say the majority of the architecture is going to be a sort of classical neoclassical architecture of Lisbon yeah. or yeah. are there modern examples that really spring out no there are modern examples and um, uh, li uh, Portugal is quite unusual in that you know it's a small country and yet it has two uh, Pritzker Prize winners and the Pritzker is sort of like the Academy Awards of Architecture mm. um, so uh, Caesar and uh, Suta de Moor um, they're both from Portugal so this is extraordinary really you know this is a global award and uh, um, it's decided by a jury of you know great architects so it's kind of peer group stuff and twice they've picked Portuguese architects unfortunately neither of these architects have much in Lisbon itself. Mm. Now Caesar does have a couple of things. This fantastic building um, which he did in the early 90s when they had a big expo there, an international expo, and it's called the uh, Pavilion of Portugal, Pavilha de Portugal. Um, and uh, basically it's these um, buttress-like walls where a huge sheet hangs down, but the sheet is made out of concrete. Mm. And you just get this fantastic feeling of scale and mass. Um, and it's all open, uh, it's it, totally unique space. And he also um, designed um, the main metro interchange station downtown Chiado um, and he did that um, in a beautiful uh, way using tiling which is you know shiny tiles is a Portuguese tradition but um, uh, those guys don't have much and there's a lot of building there's a lot of 20th century stuff in Lisbon and I'm interested, very much want to bring in Art Deco. There's a good heritage of Art Deco buildings, a lot of college buildings, fantastic uh, cinemas. Uh, one we can't do because it's been converted into a, ho a, ho a hotel. That's um, the Eden, the Eden Theatre, Teatro Eden. Uh, Vin Vendors made a film there, apparently. I wonder which one, the, the I'm film not about sure. the hotel, perhaps. Mm. The hotel, it was a really terrible, terrible film. It was when... Vendors oh. had lost his mojo, that's the one. Could be the one, I'm not sure. The other one, the other great um, uh, Art Deco cinema was actually opened by the Rank Organization um, <laughs> in the early 50s. It looks like it's a 30s cinema, but the, it finally got built in the 50s. And that was so they could showcase, um, you know, films that the Rank Organization was distributing. And that's called the Cinema Sao Jorge. Um, so that should be on our list. Anyway, that's the Art Deco stuff. There's also a lot of buildings 
which are from um, the uh, fascist period. Uh, where it was called the New State, um, which, uh, you know, democracy didn't come to Portugal until, mm. now. I can't quite remember the year, but it was about 1980 mm. or late 70s, um, uh, thereabouts. Um, and um, there's a particular... So you in, you re instantly recognize the architecture from this period because it, it, it has that uh, monument, monumentalism um, and constructivist elements that are in common with dictatorship architecture anywhere in the world, be it mm -hmm. the Soviet Union or, you know, Albert Speer's Berlin or, sure. or whatever. But it, it has Portuguese characteristics um, uh, and I think the Portuguese characteristics um, uh, make some of it quite interesting. Um, it's it's almost like I'm uh, just thinking of a particular um, memorial that looks as if it's uh, more by um, Palozzi than than any you know constructivist architect, and yet you can tell that it's from that period. Anyway, they've got that, and of course there is um, uh, 20th century stuff, uh, 21st century stuff. Sorry, hmm. but not much. The Champalamo Center for the Unknown um, is a big showcase building, absolutely fantastic. There are um, uh, there's housing developments and everything which are worthy of note. Um, and some other stuff. But yeah, in the final mix of buildings, which we'll announce within the month of July, mm -hmm. um, uh, obviously there'll be a big percentage, and I don't know how much, 40, 50% of historical buildings. Historical being pre-20th century. Sure. And of course, you know, there's a fantastic, rich um, uh, urban environment of, of historic buildings. In it's Lisbon. a very unique city, Lisbon. So what are, what yeah. are the dates of this? Um, it is the 6th, 7th and 8th of October. Be there or be square, that's what I say. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. Well, hopefully this is going to be our regular architecture slot with Mr Herbert Wright sitting before me here. I do know about things other than architecture, of course. Simon. Well, we can digress. <laughs> we can, I'm sorry if I'm being a bit limiting for you there. But, you know, there's only so many airways hours a day allotted to me. So. Yeah, of course, of Looking course. towards the future. I shall say bon voyage and grand buildings to you. Thank you, and, and to you, and you have to come and see some of the grand buildings in Lisbon. Incidentally, they're not all grand, you know, the, the scale of them is, um, uh, they will range from small to, like, very, very grand indeed. Mm. Um, uh, but it, it doesn't have to be a big building to be an open house anywhere in the world. It reminds me, I might actually put flight into open house in London this year. Oh, it is, or maybe yes. next year. Book it Very for next good. year. And all this talk of Portugal reminds me, I actually believe I may have conceived a child with a Brazilian air hostess in Lisbon in 1984, oh who I'm still trying to track down. So, Vera, if you're out there, please give me a call via www.theculture.net. Excellent. This is me, Simon Tishko, here on Isotopica, speaking with Herbert Wright, our architectural correspondent of and, the world. And uh, architecture and other things. And other things too. Yeah. yeah. His speciality is other things as well. We thank you.
have been listening to Isotopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM with me Simon Tishko. Further details of this and other episodes of Isotopica can be found on the website which is www.theculture.net. Thanks for listening and tune in same time, same place next week. There is a scheme available to anyone who goes out to sea in a small boat called the Coast Guard 66 scheme. All you need to do at the start of the sailing season is give your local Coast Guard details of your boat and where you usually go.